Hi, guys, and welcome back to Soap Dish Salem Style, uh, podcast number three. And we have a two for today. Ariette couldn't be with us today, so of course, it's just me and Tony. Hi, Tony. Hello, how are you? I'm good. Can't complain. Can't complain. Me either. I want to take a moment real fast. We have been getting y'all's wonderful messages and comments and I just want to say thank you guys so much for watching. Yes, yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. We're just getting started, and I know we have a lot of kinks to work out, but I love you guys for, you know, taking time with us and actually listening every week. I've been getting a lot of messages lately, and one message, well, actually quite a few messages, um, talked about last episode, and it was like, we like you better when you drink. So... Oh Lord! Okay, we're going to be in for a ride tonight. I have my sweet tea and cognac, so we're going to make this interesting, folks. I'm going to post a word in the comments and in the info of each podcast. In each podcast, we're going to have a drinking word. So whenever you hear this word, I want you to drink until you start slurring like Maggie Horton Kiriakis. <laughs> okay, so have you already decided what word that is going to be, or is that something you're going to decide and post? I've already decided. It's going to be, I don't want to give it away in the podcast, but it's going to be in the info section. And when I post, I'm going to post it along with it. The link. All right. <laughs> So this is going to be fun. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, let's start it off with our Salem Spectator Special Report. Now, it's been a slow news week. We haven't heard anything. So it's... Yeah, it's- other than days officially being back in production um, after their holiday hiatus, that was about the only news item that there was. When to me, I look at it like this. No news is good news. Very true. At this point, very true. Yeah, considering everything is getting shut down with COVID and everything. So no news right now is good news to me. So instead of having a full special report on news, we're going to have a discussion, an opinion post, if you will, on spoilers. Because um, this week, I've been so busy. If you follow me on Twitter, you know I've been studying for the GRE. I've been so busy studying and all, I haven't had quite the time to sit down and get into soap Twitter as of late. And I've been watching days still, of course, for the podcast. And I've realized that me not keeping up with spoilers has made the show very, very, very interesting and surprising. It's like things will pop up like, I did not know that Yvonne would be popping up Thursday. I didn't know either. I literally screamed at my TV when that happened. I did not know that was coming. And I was just like, wow, days is very, very, very enjoyable when you don't pay attention to as much as the spoilers and the comings and goings and who's going to be here when. And I'm not one of those people who's like, I hate spoilers. I, You know what I mean? I'm the type of person I read the spoilers and still watch it to see if I can get some surprising things but 
I don't know, Tony, how do you feel about the spoilers? I'm the opposite. I love spoilers. I live for spoilers. Um, because I'm the type of person who likes to figure things out. The way my brain works is I like to know point A, know point B, and figure out the path in which we get there. So I look at spoilers as little points. And then I like to try to figure out the minute details on how we get there. Yes, I'm the same way. But I'm that person who ends up getting it right. <laughs> I'm 50-50. I'm, I can get it right, but I'm m- lately more often than not getting it wrong. But, but that's okay. But Tony, you know me and you have had conversations. I'll be like, I think it's going to go this way. And then it turns out going that way. <laughs> like, and then... Um, like, go ahead. For example, um, I brought up Laura Horton. And now you see she's coming up eventually. Yes, but that doesn't mean she's coming up for the reason you think she is, but we'll discuss that when she actually airs. The one thing I do want to say about spoilers is that they can sometimes be over-dramatized. Yes. So I have taken spoilers more so as a guide to who is going to be on when, and I wait till things air to decide how I feel about it because there have been too many times where spoilers have made either too much or not enough of something. And the spoiler context versus what actually airs is completely and totally opposite. True. But I feel like sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes the spoilers for days give too much occasionally. The articles in Soap Opera Digest do. Absolutely. They tend to give away more of the story than they should although the context of certain details isn't always 100% correct and sometimes I just wish we would do like I know you watch GH along with me I wish we had GH type spoilers their spoilers are literally three words it can be oh see no I hate those spoilers I hate those spoilers with a passion because spoilers are supposed to make you want to watch and GH's spoilers are like as boring as paint drying. Yes, they are. But to me, I like it because it gives me an idea of what's going to happen. But at the I'm same sorry, time, you, you think it's a good thing that they spoil that Sam is going to have a drink of coffee or that Peter shivers? <laughs> let me finish. <laughs> you have you have a point, but let me finish. I like it because. I can read their spoilers and be like, well, that didn't give me a damn thing. And then I actually watch it, watch the show, and it unfolds in front of me. I'm like, damn, this is actually a pretty good episode now that I think about it. But I feel like Days needs to find this niche between giving us something, but don't give us too much. Now, see, they had they have a spoiler coming up for the week of the 28th, I think, in the 25th, rather. That's a perfect example of a perfect spoiler. Charlie befriends someone surprising. See? That's that, the spoiler. That's pretty good. But I know for a fact, like, sometimes I have read the spoilers, and they will literally give me so much that I can tell you exactly how it's going to go that week <laughs> without but see. And sometimes the spoil, but sometimes the spoilers are so completely wrong. Like Ben and Eve have an explosive confrontation. That was a spoiler 
for the week of, I think, either end of August or beginning of September, just depending on when all the stuff actually aired. It was a Friday spoiler, and it was Ben has a, an explosive confrontation with Eve. The confrontation lasted not even two minutes mm-hmm. when it came to airtime. So you don't actually understand full context just by spoilers. And I have seen so many meltdowns on soap Twitter over a particular spoiler. And I'm guilty of this too. And then when you watch the show, it's like, oh, we freaked out for no reason. Mm-hmm. True. So- I mean, this isn't me shitting on spoilers, of course, because I love a good spoiler myself. I was just, you know, as I was watching this week, I ended up testing you guys. And I was like, you know what? Let's talk about this because me not knowing the spoilers for this week and then going into each episode, I really enjoyed this week. It was a lot of twists and turns and surprises that I was not seeing coming. And I do say I like that we are a little bit closer to air. So in terms of when we find out that somebody is coming, we don't have to wait months in advance for it to hit air. Like, Ben and Sierra's wedding is a perfect example of this. It didn't air until July of 2020. Sin fans knew about that in November of 2019 because we figured out that that's when they were filming it. So then we spent the next nine months trying to figure out exactly how we got there from here, which while that is, that is absolutely fun. And it was a blast trying to break things down and figure out how things work. Sometimes it is really nice to kind of get the little hints right before they happen. Yes, I'm, I'm really, I hate that COVID happened, but I'm glad that this break has brought us closer to air dates. And yeah, now days seem so much and so much more enjoyable to watch now, now that we're not six, seven months ahead. If that makes sense, because- No, it makes total sense. It, because, you know, it will be so far behind and so far ahead that the actors will forget where they are, for one. Yeah. And yeah. two, they'll be working with a certain star who's coming back for months at that point and completely forget that, oh, we're not spo- they're not supposed to know this person is coming back and then post a picture on Twitter or Instagram. Oh my God, I know. I literally follow the entire cast of days on Instagram specifically to see what behind the scenes tea gets spilled now granted because of because of covid protocols and them basically being in their dressing room until they're filming there's a lot less tea being spilled but it is so much fun my whole camera roll on my phone is literally filled with instagram stories and screenshots and i have a blast trying to put the pieces together it's actually pretty funny because you can tell they completely forget that they're not supposed to spill anything. Oh like my God. And then, then they'll delete it later. But Days fans are like the FBI and we keep stuff forever. True. True. Don't say you know something because everyone's going to come into your DMs asking. You learned that lesson the hard way. I don't even want to talk about that next subject. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and now it's time for the weekly recap. Are you ready to go down to the docket? I am. Let us go. Okay, first things first. This was a great week. It really was. Like, it's 
we are moving. There is momentum. I don't know what it is about January with Ron, but he loves to have stuff moving in January because last January was like this too. But it, it feels... I'm to remember. Hmm. It, we had the lead up to flashback week. Ah. So like Ben's appeal was denied. We had all the Stephen Ogina stuff. Like everything finally started coming to a head. And then everything was prepping for flashback week. We had Victor's stroke, which led into Sierra finding out that Victor wasn't the one who was framing Ben. And then that led to the truth coming out about the accident. And then that led into flashback week. And then it all, and then once we kind of hit January, like everything kind of flowed from there. And this year is feeling the same way. It, it reminds me of the good old days of miss a days, miss a lot. Oh, I love those promos, but yes, me too. <laughs> uh, this week was really good. I did not have a bad or slight felt like, oh my God, this is dragging. I had, to, I had to search for a bad and like really kind of grasp at straws for an ugly. Well, no, it wasn't that. <laughs> it wasn't that good because, because, you know, it had certain scenes that made me cringe and certain things that made me go, what the fuck? But um, other than that, it was a good week. I can't, it was kind of, I will say it was kind of hard, but then again, it was one of those weeks where the bad and the ugly was glaring, if that makes sense. Right, it kind of, it kind of masked itself. Yes, but let's get to it, shall we? First All right, big storyline. First off, yeah, hold on. Let me say this was. first. It wasn't even any little things this week. Did you notice that? It was all big ticket big items. Things. There weren't even really that many little tidbits. Everything was big and everything was moving. Everything, it was a lot. It was like bam, 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 bam. Like, yeah. Okay, back to the, <laughs> I'm sorry, I got caught up in that. No, Back no, to the totally fine. First big story of the week. Bad luck, Chuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love your titles. <laughs> Rafe questions Charlie about his connection to Ava. Meanwhile, everyone in Salem, which includes Tripp and Allie, learned that Charlie is Ava's son. This leads to a confrontation between Charlie and Allie, and Tripp breaks into Charlie's DNA evidence. Lastly, Ava tells Nicole of Charlie's confession, and it drives a determined Nicole to look for evidence. Okay, I want to start this segment off by saying all props to Lindsay Arnold. She is amazing. She is a find. I love her so much. I think she may already, like in the first part of the year, possibly have emmy reels for next yes. year i want to point out something usually when they find younger actors like her who's her age it takes them a year to find their niche and become a good actor she had it when she got here exactly she came in ground running she because even ali sweeney god love her her first year at days oh yeah it was a little was rough not that great it was not that great it was Watching back now in 2020, you'll be like, mine. Well, it's 2021, but I was watching in 2020. Yeah, no, same. That first year, you'd be like, my God. 
God, I'm surprised they kept her around. It wasn't until I think her rape might have been the pivot point for me. No, Mm-mm. I would say her catching Marlene on the table. Oh yeah, no, that's definitely. Oh yes, that. Oh yes, that's, that's when everything. I saw hurt. you. The iconic I saw you scene. Yes, you're right, hundred percent. Even before that, I would say her looking into the office and seeing it. Oh yeah, that look it. on her face. That's which when is it an took ex- a turn. Which is an excellent segue because I said something earlier this week on Twitter that if you and I said it last week on the podcast, if you can draw me in with the emotions on your face without having to say a single word. If you can captivate me without saying a single word, you are a special brand of awesome. Yes. And Lindsay Arnold did that in spades this week. The scene where she was realizing that Charlie could have been her attacker as Rafe was explaining what was going on. Because you could feel her frustration in the pub waiting for John. And then... I think everyone was frustrated at that point. Because I... They just wanted to get to the answers. I mean, I get why John didn't tell everyone over the phone, but sheesh, it would draw me up the wall. Yeah, but you don't tell this. You this is not something you tell over the phone. Now he could have told Marlena maybe, and then Marlena tried to figure out a way to maybe tell Claire, and they could have like paced it a little better. But I will say it was a smart move to not tell Allie over the phone. But I did like the fact that Allie wasn't waiting around, that she took charge, that she wanted answers, and that she went down to the police station and she got what she needed. She isn't afraid of the possibility that she's wrong. Mm -hmm. She wants to know the truth. She is not cowering in a corner, afraid to face the truth. She is facing it head on. And the moment in her face when she was realizing that Charlie could very well be her attacker, she was equal parts. And even when Nicole confirmed it after she told Allie what Ava said, it was equal parts relief that it was real. That Because she's she's been looking for confirmation that this happened, that the, she didn't make this up because she's just wanted somebody to own this the entire time. And she got that. But then comes the horror that this is, in fact, something that happened. And then the fact that it was Charlie and she was confused. Like, you could see all the emotions on her face. Speaking of Nicole, Ariane Zucker is doing amazing acting with the best of what she can do as of right now, considering they're not really giving her much of her own story. Do I sense a butt coming? Yes, you do. As a supporting actress, she's doing amazing. Um, For example, that scene with her and Ava, where Ava basically tells her Charlie's confession. Very great acting, very good scenes. But I wish they would start writing Nicole as this busybody because they don't have anything for her to do. I wish they would... Put her with somebody other than Rafe. She that has too. had scenes with Rafe. Every single episode, he has been back. Because they, first off, they brought Galen Garing, no offense, but they brought him back because basically, K.A. just left, so Ken Corday was scrambling. 
trying to figure out what he was going to do. They brought Galen Garen back, but they had nothing for him to do. And and I, I was open to the idea of a Rafe-Nicole friendship because I did like it in the past, but literally it's every single time he's on, she has, like, he has every time to, she's yeah. on, it's with Rafe, and I just, I can't. It, to me, it just feels as if they're trying to give him a romantic interest. And how many times do we have to tell you as fans, not everyone needs a romantic interest. And look, there was actual <laughs> chemistry with him and Ava, so I do hope that it go down and that they, road. I do, yes, I saw that, and I wish they would go down that road. Because, but the way it's looking, they're trying to push Rafe and Nicole together. When And I'm pushing back against it. When they could have easily recast Eric. And maybe they are. Who knows? Maybe they're in the process and it's going to come in the next few weeks or months. You never know. True. I'm, I'm praying they don't have Nicole entering the affair with Rafe considering Eric is the man she wanted for 20 years. If they're going to go down the Nicole Rafe road, they need to presume Eric missing. I do not need Nicole cheating. I do not need an Eric off-screen divorce. Me either. At that, I think at that point, they will have shitted on that couple yet again. <laughs> After 20 years of people waiting, they would have shitted on this couple yet again. But um, Now, what did you think of the Charlie-Rafe um, scene? Really well, let's good. actually know what let's yeah. Do you want to backtrack and talk about Charlie Alley first and then we'll go back to Charlie Rafe? We can go with Charlie Rafe right now because it's on my mind. Actually, I was actually I'm telling you we are the same person because I was just about to get to that. <laughs> really, really good scenes because I like Rafe as a cop, but as a person, Rafe is annoying to me. So you could say it, he's shit. Okay. but no um, I like him as a cop because that was a great scene very lot Mm -hmm. order very it reminded me of a young Roman Brady oh that's not a good comparison no no, I'm talking cop wise you know he was a decent cop terrible husband but (laughs) Okay, but I will say, I, I did like the way that he got Charlie to confess that Ava was his mother. That was very slick and very sly. Very smart. Mm-hmm. Now, did you watch Mike Manning's Ditching Days interview last week? I didn't. I did. And he made a point of saying that in these interrogation room scenes, anytime he takes his glasses off, it's a deliberate choice that he made. Whenever he's not wearing his glasses, those are the glimmers of the real Charlie. And whenever he's wearing his glasses, that's him trying to put the persona on and the facade for everybody. Wow. Okay. See, that's very interesting. It piques the psychology major in me. Yeah, you should you should go back and watch that interview. And I implore all of our listeners who haven't already done so to do the same because actually hearing Mike's thought process behind the choices that he makes as an actor that's a damn great actor is it makes everything make sense and i'm telling you if i mean it's 2021 they should not do a redemption story if they wanted to i do think that mike manning would be able to pull it off 
because of how deeply he understands his character. And if you guys go back and watch that Dishing Days interview, you'll completely understand what I mean. I don't want a redemption story, but at the same time, I do. I know. I'm 50-50 I'm on it, too. Because Mike Manning is a find. He really is. He's, he's a find. Um, I could see him as a villain and a hero. Yeah. Granted, he's a big villain right now, but before everything was revealed... You could see him as a romantic lead with Claire. I was so sure that Charlie wasn't the rapist. I was fighting against everybody who ever said he was. I was so sure he I was wasn't the rapist. And then, like, they revealed it, and like a switch flipped, and he went cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. And it has been so captivating to watch. It's like I completely understand why they went down this road because, I mean, hello, he's so good at it. It's very hard to watch because <laughs> I I fought tooth and nail saying that he was not the rapist. Like and I then was he finally so sure there would have yeah, exactly. I was so sure there would have been signs before we got the signs. Like he just came across as a nerdy, insecure guy. It didn't come across like he was a creeper. And I figured that there would have been some kind of sign, especially with the instances in which, you know, like when he saw uh, Theo kissing Claire, or I figured his jealousy and his rage, if there were any, would have popped out at that point, and it didn't. So that had me convinced he I wasn't. I just thought him and was then, very insecure in that moment, not somebody who's a creeper. But right. And even like the advice he was getting from Xander, like it didn't, it didn't feel like he had the strength to, to do be. That. Does does that make sense? Because yes. like, I rape felt is a very angry. Like it's a very angry, aggressive crime. You have to have a lot of rage in you, and it just didn't feel like it came across that way. Now I am going to be interested going down the line. I know. Um, we are supposed to be getting, I don't know when it's coming, but flashbacks to the actual rape scene are coming. Oh, God. Ugh. I take it you missed that headline? Yes. Oh, that's going to be brutal. It is going to be brutal, but I think it's necessary for a lot of, for two reasons. One, I I, I want Allie to have the confirm, like have the confirmation and have the full story and understand exactly what she went through that night. Because I think the question marks are going to be worse in the long run mm -hmm. than her getting the full picture. But two, on the other side of that, I need to understand Charlie's thought process here. Because all we know at this point is that he was following Trip for Ava. Okay, okay. here's my theory on this. I think that all his life, Charlie wanted what Trip had, which is basically AKA Ava's love. So I guess Charlie figured Trip went into Allie's flat that night and had sex with her. Where we all know that's not the case. He figured out, he, you know, he figured that Trip had sex with her. So he was like, I'm going to have sex with her too. And he raped her. That's my theory on it. See, for me, I think it, it has to go a little bit deeper than that. Because he was following Trip all over London for weeks, presumably. Mm -hmm. So what made him 
follow Trip into that into that apartment that night? Why not do it any other night? Why this night? I think maybe Charlie might have asked Allie to dance. And she said no. And she said no. And mm-hmm. then she accepted Trip's offer and that flipped a switch. Because everything he did, he did with intention. You don't go into somebody's flat without the intention of doing something. He, I'm sorry, there's no way he accidentally raped her. He absolutely did it on purpose. I just need to know his motivation. I just wish they um, picked another actor. <laughs> for Charlie, <laughs> Because he literally has chemistry with every woman his age that he has seen with. And it's very off-putting. And I will say, I, I like, and even the Allie-Charlie confrontation, I, and this is, I think this is only going to be part one, because I do think that there is going to be a second one once she has the full events in her mind of what happened that night. But even the, this first one, I literally could not breathe. Yeah. They I were- was watching... I was watching those scenes on Tuesday and when I tell you I could not breathe I was captivated. You know it's very hard to watch him because he is so great at what he is doing. First of all, do we know if he's on contract? Like Yes, yes. Okay. No, he's on contract. Okay, we need to keep him around. He could either be a great villain or a redeemed hero. We we have to tune in and see. But how do you feel about you know the trip scenes of him finding out that Charlie is his brother and him sneaking into Charlie's apartment? Uh, Evidence. I honestly could not give a shit less. I'm sorry. I couldn't. I thought that he was a dumbass for breaking into that apartment. Um, his the one moment that did make me laugh is when he knocked Steve out like a pinata. No, here's the thing: when he was going through ever like stealing a toothbrush and toothpaste, why did he have the toothpaste? I don't know. But <laughs> but um, the first thing that came to my mind is like none of this shit is going to be admissible in court so why are you doing it you're kind of defeating the the purpose they they address that though he wasn't doing it for court purposes he was doing it to clear his name so you're just a selfish bastard is what you're what i'm hearing from that much yeah like father like son yeah because at that point you basically don't care about trip being put in jail for what he did to ali you just want your name clear gotcha okay Next, just, you know, I'm I, not even talk about it. Because- no, there, there are a couple. There are a couple things I want to address within this here. Um, Steve and Trip are both gigantic morons for Correct. having that entire conversation in the apartment that they broke into. Like, Correct. hello, number one, number two. For the love of all that is holy, please stop having Steve speak for his wife, especially. When he's wrong every time he opens his mouth. I did not it, like that scene between Caleb and Steve. Where basically oh, the, the apology kinda, scene? 
Oh, yes. yeah, no. Miss me with He that. basically coerced her into it. Like, I feel like if she didn't apologize and just say it, well, I'm oh. sorry that all this happened, but I'm not sorry for going against Trip for believing what happened to my niece. But here, here's what got me the most angry. He sits there and he says, you had plenty of reason to doubt Trip. Oh, really? She did. Well, then how come every time she doubted him, you got in her face and called her wrong and stupid and doubted that she even did the test correctly? Now, all of a sudden, it's okay because you know you were right and that your son is innocent. But when she actually believed him to be guilty and you didn't believe he was guilty, she was wrong. I feel like he basically guilted her into that whole apology and I just was not feeling it at all yeah no, like Steve Johnson a- Steve Johnson needs to get the entire fuck out of my face that's basically where I'm at right now and his fans can go right along with him I just feel like he apologized <laughs> like she apologized for the sake of not having an argument and that's just uh it didn't seem no well. I mean I think she is genuinely sorry because Trip is actually not guilty of this he's no, still an asshole it came off as I'm apologizing for, you know, not believing him, but I'm not going to, but I don't really feel sorry for, you know, going against him and believing the evidence that we knew at that point. It, it, just okay. like, it felt like it was an apology just to end the whole argument. Like, hey, you ever apologize for something just for people to just get out of your face and so that yeah, yeah. genuinely be sorry that's how I felt I just I don't care about trip I real I like the trip Charlie thing that's gonna happen next week is kind of intriguing but only because of Charlie like trip could leave town tomorrow and I'd be fine to be quite honest that's how I feel about Steve at this point uh, yeah, the, the the character assassination that was done to Steve Johnson in the name of the story cannot be undone just undone. because it's he was over. right. Like, he's not a good person to me anymore. No. The way he treated Allie in the story in the name of protecting his son was absolutely was vile, garbage. gutter, trash. And I don't care if you come for me on Twitter or what, because it, it is what it is. He basically slut-shamed and blame well that was the beginning he slut shamed and blamed a woman for being assaulted then mm-hmm. he later led on and called her a liar and first off let me tell you something that what really drove me out the edge how each time Hennessy was brought up or he saw Hennessy he would say something smug like cute kid but that's not my grandkeeper yeah every time Lucas would own his ass I was like I was team Lucas every time Lucas would like own his ass. I honestly wish Lucas beat the hell out of him because even yeah, Phil, if that, you didn't believe that's your grandson, you don't say nothing like that to a, like toward a child. That's something terrible. And especially considering how you cherish your kids and was going, you know, all for them. That was just a terrible thing to say. I'm sorry. And to me yeah, personally, yeah. Even if I could forgive all the things he said towards Allie, I cannot forgive how he treated his alleged grandchild. I'm sorry. And I and I can't get over this. He's speaking for his wife. 
But you know, he always did little stuff like that. And, yeah, but uh, it's it, it's it was, it was one thing when he was actually was one thing if they were actually on the same page and they had actually discussed whatever he was speaking on in a previous scene. So we knew Kayla's point of view and we knew that it fell in alignment with whatever Steve was saying. That was fine. But she's the complete polar opposite of his point of view at this given moment. He's well aware of it and speaking for her anyway. At, at this point, I don't put anything past him. Steve could have killed Allie. And, well, Allie could have died, and I would believe Steve did it. Yeah, like, I just, I need Steve Johnson to get the hell out of my face. He should have stayed dead. We were good without him. But, <laughs> well, dead, quote, unquote. Air quotes dead. <laughs> Next subject, cry baby Claire, cry baby Claire, cry Oh, baby. my poor Claire Bear. I felt, I'll get to this. Okay, first we see that Sean, Douglas, and Belle arrive home from their honeymoon just in time to find out about Charlie. Meanwhile, John and Marlena share what they know about Charlie with Claire, and Claire immediately rushes to plead Charlie for the truth. She eventually starts adding things together and realizes that these accusations might be true, and she cries to Belle. I'm going to let you go first. <laughs> My poor Claire Bear. I felt so bad for her. And I got to say, Isabel Durant is doing an amazing job. Like this was some of Indeed. the strongest material that she's had since she took over the role. Because this is like, this is her honestly first story. Because other than, other than the Charlie stuff, the only thing she's really done is kind of helped Sierra and then grieving Sierra. So this is really her first story and her first chance to really show herself. And she's doing show amazing. herself and sink her teeth into it. And it was amazing. That scene again on Tuesday with John Marlena and Claire, again, I couldn't breathe. Like the Sorry. tension on Tuesday's episode in general was like next level. Like my my stomach hurt the entire episode. I was very conflicted over those things. And let me tell you why. Because she was doing some amazing acting. And I uh, understood Claire's point of view. But what but. lost I understood Claire's point of view. But what lost me was her basically going in on John and Marlena, basically saying, I don't trust you. I can't believe this. This and the third. And I didn't like it because it's like, okay, Claire, I get where you're coming from, but you just met this man a few months ago. Are you going to believe a man you just met or your grandparents, your family, who John and Marlena, they're the most trustworthy people on canvas. They don't really (laughs) lie. I mean, that's true. But this also is going to tie into the conversation she had with Belle later in the week. Charlie is the first guy who wanted Claire for Claire. This is the first time that she was someone's first choice. And I don't think she wants to face the fact that she got this so incredibly wrong. But my thing is, to me, it kind of takes back all of the progress that we saw in Claire last week remember that conversation between her and Allie and she basically said I don't want to get wrapped up in a 
boy and how a boy is feeling about me. See, I, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that because I think, I also think she lashed out at John and Marlena because she knew John and Marlena weren't ever going to go anywhere. Like she could throw whatever at them. And she knew that no matter what she said to them, they were ne- they're never actually going to leave her corner. I don't actually think she believed half the stuff that was coming out of her mouth. I think she was just so shocked. Mm-hmm. First, she was uh, first she was annoyed at the whole situation that preceded it, and the fact that she doesn't understand why her moment with Charlie was interrupted. Because at this point, it's hours later. Because it's still the same night at this point. Yes. And. Marlena is saying nothing. And while I understand why Marlena is saying nothing, because she doesn't have the full story to be able to tell her anything, from Claire's point of view, she doesn't understand what is happening. She's frustrated. All she wants to do is to get to the truth, and she's being stonewalled. So then finally, she gets the truth, and the truth is so completely unbelievable to her that she's just spiraling for a second, and she can't even process what's being told to her. So then she runs out. She goes down to the police station. I loved the scene with her and Allie. Can we touch on that for a second? Mm-hmm. That, because I, I wasn't sure how that was going to go. Like, I wasn't sure if she was going to be so solidly team and that's Charlie a- that she was going to alienate Claire. Like, I was afraid that this was going to become Sammy Carey 2.0. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't look like it's going down that road because she, you know, even though Claire wanted to talk to Charlie. She wasn't angry at Allie. And even Allie wasn't really angry that Claire wanted to talk to Charlie. She was just worried about Claire. And I kind of really enjoyed that dynamic. I did. But at the same time, it kind of went back to instead of you going in charging on Charlie, you question everything. I feel yeah, like but it, it makes sense though that she would I mean, question it made everything. sense, but to me as a person, my initial thought is I'm believing what my family is telling me. But I think part of her does believe it. That's the point. Part of her does believe it, but she doesn't want to because that means she would have been so very, very wrong. And you could even see it in the in the scenes that she had with Charlie as she's talking to Charlie things aren't really making that much sense to her. Like she so desperately wants to believe every word that's coming out of his mouth. But she also very clearly doesn't like, she never said to him that she believed him. She looked very conflicted, but it just to me personally, it just seems like a huge regression from the woman we saw last week talking with Allie saying, I don't agree because I think if it was a huge regression, like you said, I don't think she would be conflicted at all. She would be solidly team Charlie. It would be fuck all of y'all. I'm team Charlie. You guys are wrong and I'm going to fight for my man. She's not doing that. She's processing everything. It's just taking her time to get there. And she has to deal with the fact that the guy that she fell for, the very first guy that she fell for after her last relationship, which let me remind you, caused her mental breakdown. Mm Mm-hmm. So this is her first relationship she's had with a guy since that initial relationship that caused a breakdown. And this is the first guy that's actually made Claire a priority. And then for him to turn out to be this, 
she's just having a hard time processing it. And I loved the scenes with her and Belle on Friday. And you could kind of see them discussing it and you can kind of see Claire's thought process. Mm-hmm. And you could kind of kind of see how she gets where to the place where Charlie isn't who she thinks he is. Now, whether or not she has the resolve to stay in that place when Char- with Charlie now out on bail, um, and the first thing he's going to do is track her down. Uh, that's going to be interesting to see. But I do like the fact that she isn't solidly believing him. I would also love to point out, it is so good to see Sean Douglas and Belle back on my screen. And, and yes! Paris. We have not seen this from them. We saw them parenting a young child, but we missed out on the you know adolescent, teenage, and up years. So it's very good to see them in this parenting mode. And can I just say, I love that Sean had like a gut feeling about Charlie. Yes, it was, it made sense. It made complete sense. And it, it gave me a completely different perspective on those scenes with John and Sean and Charlie before the um, Sean and Belle non-wedding. He reminded me so much of his father. Yes, I tweeted the exact same thing when I was watching. I said, he reminds me more and more of Bo with every passing day. God, I miss Bo, but... (laughs) (sighs) Me too. I actually kind of miss Hope now that I think about it. Interesting that you bring that up, given what I tweeted earlier. I have to go back and look at that. But I, I will say this. You can feel... You can feel Hope's presence not being there. See, and I'm the opposite. I don't feel it that much. I'm not missing her as much as I thought I would. I, oh, hold on. Let's, let me clear myself. I'm not missing her a lot. <laughs> I'm missing her a little. I can feel her presence being gone. It's like that feeling when you're driving off and be like, damn, did I turn the stove off? That's how much I'm missing her. Gotcha. But... <laughs> I would not mind that they brought Hope back as a recast, but as for K.A., she can kiss my ass. <laughs> who, would you, who would you recast Hope with? Ooh, that's a hard one. My, uh, she's too young, never mind. Because um, <laughs> I was about to say um, Rebecca Bunning. Oh, yeah, she's way um, too young. Um. I would not mind if we pull Heather Tom away from B&B. Oh, that's a choice I hadn't heard. I would not mind if Heather Tom came by to play Hope. I don't think that Daze has Heather Tom money. We don't, but we're just throwing things out the hell. We don't have Jacob Young money, but I was thinking him for um, Eric Brady. That I, that I actually wouldn't hate and just the the irony that he replaces Greg Vaughn after Greg Vaughn replaced him on General Hospital just makes me giggle. Or Mark Lawson, but we talked about that last. We did. Um, who would I have? Heather Tom is the only actress I can think of right now. I've seen I've seen Martha Byrne too. Hmm. I wouldn't mind that either. I'm trying to go through everyone I can think of. Um I mean, I don't personally think it's necessary right now, but I would, would you say be opposed Amelia? to it down the line. I was about to say Amelia Hamlet. I'm thinking younger. 
Yeah, you gotta, yeah, no, because Hope is not that young anymore. Exactly. I keep seeing Hope is in her 40s right now. Is that because you're watching younger Hope in your classic days binge and you're confusing the two? No, but I never really, to me, a lot of characters never aged past 50 in my head. Like, it took me a while to see Marlena as in her 70s. Well, she doesn't look it, which helps. And none of the day's cast really does, if you think about it. Like, they all look exceptional. Exactly. Like, Kate, to me, I still see Kate as the age of when she first married Roman. I still see Marlena sometimes. Now it's becoming glaring to me that she's getting older and that she's a great-grandmother. Um, let's see. I still see Marlena in her age as when the secret room happened. Uh, Actually, yes, no, yes. maybe later. Probably her return from her honeymoon with John in 1999. Um, okay. Hope, I still see her around the age as when Zach died. Oh. So, you know. scenes, And it's like right around the anniversary of when that actually happened. So like all the clips of that are circulating on Twitter and I'm dying. Every time. But, you know, I, it's hard for me to see characters in their certain age. So when I do recasting, usually it's either hit or miss because it's either too young or slightly too old. Got you. But back to, do we have anything else we want to say on Claire? Not really. But I think we kind of co- covered that, everything. Yeah. But, okay, next big storyline. Word travels fast in Salem Child. <laughs> Julie and the rest of Salem finds out that the kidnapping happened of the twins, um, which leads to Julie trying and failing to help comfort Ilani. Meanwhile, a conversation with Bonnie and Justin leads to more information on the kidnapper. And, me- and lastly, Dr. Rayner is revealed to be a patsy the true people behind the kidnappers is revealed to be Yvonne and Vivian. This storyline caught my attention. I did a total 180 on it. Because last week I was in, last week I was enjoying it, but I wasn't really caring as much. But this This week week you're invested. This week I'm very invested. It was a lot going on. Okay, again, I'm starting this segment off with a shout out to South Stowers and Lamone Archie. They are slaying this material, mm-hmm. particularly South Stowers. Her angry mama bear thing is killing me. I love it so much. Her scenes with Bonnie were very, very. Yes, Judy. but this was. E- this was even before then. Like the scenes that got me were all the scenes in their apartment. Like even when she was on the phone to whoever oh, that, that poor soul was, <laughs> whoever that poor soul was on the other end of the line, I almost felt bad because I swear to God, I could feel their their legs quivering from over here. Um, she's like, "You didn't think I would want to see the surveillance footage? Of course I do. What the hell were you thinking? Get it to me immediately." And literally, it was like I felt a quiver in the force. I was like, oh, she's not playing. And then when Julie showed up, which I'm very glad that Jack and Jennifer told Julie before she got there, because I was all set for the awkward, 
where are my grandbabies? I have presents for them. And then Eli and Lonnie having to tell her that the babies were missing. She probably would have had a heart attack. So I'm very glad that she knew going in there. But Lonnie, Lonnie was literally a mood. She was like, get, get. I mean, she didn't say it, but her entire vibe was get this bitch out of my house. You know something? I was really enjoying Julie at the very beginning of that episode. And towards the end, I was ready for her to just get off my screen. It was bad. It was bad. It was bad. I mean, the beginning, it was understandable. I loved it. It reminded me of old Julie. And then they got to try to find suspects. Now, I say this after thinking about it for days, and I talked to y'all about it. They really have to find a better writer for Julie because it seems like every time they have Julie on screen, she says something slightly racist that just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. For example, um, when they were going through suspects and the first thing that she brought up was Gabby. Now, was it a race thing though? No, I, I mean, let me I, finish, let me finish. It made sense for her to bring up Gabby. It made sense, but I would have rather somebody else brought that up, like Eli or Lonnie, because it, it's getting old how an old white woman continues to poke at the only Latina in Salem. Okay, yeah, I can see that. And the first thing you brought up is somebody who hasn't been in town for, what, a month and a half at this point. Well, it could be Gabby. It just seems, it comes off as very, bam, leave that girl alone. You know, I understand where she was coming from, but considering all the harsh and terrible things she has said towards Gabby, slightly racist things towards Gabby, it comes off as Julie is a racist. I had a bigger issue and later then, in that scene. Exactly. And then later on during, at the end, when she asked, well, you know, she basically says, well, if it was a white person who took the babies, of course it's going to be easier to find them. Now, it makes sense to say something like that. Hey, I, I kind of sort of said something similar on the podcast last week. I was just a lot more so, tactful in my phrase. So did, so did I. And it made sense to bring that up. But it came off as... It came off as, I'm trying not to be racist, but this is going to sound racist. So please forgive me. If it's racist. It's, <laughs> that's what, how it comes off. Why do they keep giving Julie these lines? Like, I don't understand. I think they're trying to show that they heard the audience when they they made the like when the they audience complained right lies. I know but I think by her trying not to and trying to move like trying to do everything she can to not sound a racist but sounding racist anyway is the show's way of saying we hear you we're trying to learn. It is an absolutely misguided and awful way of going about doing it. Yes. But that's kind of the thought process. And really, if they had actually heard us and understood where we were coming from, they would just stop with these lines altogether. Exactly. It, it's just very... Ugh. And it's hard to watch because Julie is such a good character that I loved back in the day. 
because like I'm really trying to choose my words carefully because it's no excuse at this point. <laughs> the things she says and does. She's not Julie. She's a caricature of an old woman. That's what I was like. They're writing her as, you know, the great grandmother who isn't racist and says slightly racist things. Yeah, who, who is low-key racist but tries not to be but is also trying to be woke. They're not writing her well. No. And, and it's like the trying, like, I'm trying to think what other matriarch they could have wrote this as. They're trying they to make her. They could have made her Alice. With a little sponsor. But even Alice has sponsor. So they could have made her Alice. Right. And it instead, she's kind of coming off like Maggie. I wouldn't even say that because Maggie ain't never uttered a racist word. Well, no, 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 not not the racist thing, but like the because sometimes when Maggie would try to be helpful, like there were times, especially like in the early two thousands, where she would try to be helpful and like nobody really wanted her around. Like you remember how John used to always be annoyed by her? Yes. Okay, so I think that Julie has become that now. If that makes sense. Yes. Yes, it just it doesn't. She could have been Alice, and I mean, she already kind of had that role for certain characters on the show in the early '90s. So I don't really understand why they've diverted so I, I, far away from it's what it was. It's such a, such a stretch because watching back on those early scenes, remember when um. You know, she was good friends with Marlena and Maggie, and they used to talk and have coffee, and she was just an interesting character. Now, or hell, her- when she was uh, trying to be a, a supportive figure for Eve. Mm, yes. Yeah, Which I don't know if you saw that. I did. I remember those. But it, it's just very off putting to watch. Like, it's getting to a point now, Julie comes on the screen, I'm like, oh, God, what she can do. The only time I really enjoy her and she really feels like the character that I love is when she's with Doug. Exactly. And God forbid Bill Hayes passes on. I'm oh, God, God, don't even put that in the universe, please, God. I'm praying to God don't. we get another 10, 20 years out of him. But God forbid they have to write the Doug character off. I'm Please send, send, I just send Julie on a cruise. She can't I'm be in Salem because of. Uh, yeah, she can't be in Salem because of all the memories of Doug, and just send her on a cruise. Because I'm legit scared to see what they're going to do with this character once, God forbid. I'm praying we get another 10, 20 years out of him and John Aniston. Once Bill Hayes passes, what are we going to, you know what I mean? The only light spark of Julie is when she's with Doug. So what the hell are we going to do? Yeah, I don't even want to go there. Jeez. Anyways, back to the official story. Um, We see Bonnie with the sketch artist. And, you know, first off, they are doing <laughs> amazing work. Bear with me now. They're doing amazing work with trying to redeem Bonnie as a good character. 
But I need all the revolving accents to stop. Just get I was the just voice getting stay there. there. I was getting there. I'm so one day she's southern, one day she's country western. I want them to figure out a character. Of, does does she want an accent? What accent she's gonna pick and stick to it? Just please, because I can't do this anymore. Like every day, it's you know you know how they have like you know they have the Dolly Parton movie, The Code of Many Colors. Yes, it's like the voice of many accents, and I can't do it anymore. <laughs> Oh wow, that was <laughs> that was a good one. I'll give you that one. But I'm really enjoying Bonnie on my screen. I'm enjoying her with Justin. You see, I'm not enjoying her with Justin. Really? Don't say no. That. It's giving me Bonnie Mickey horrifying flashbacks and just no. No. Like Wally that. Wally and Judy are great together. But if it's not Adrian, keep it. Uh, see, on the contrary, I didn't like Adrian with Justin. See, it, and I understood that before I saw their backstory and their history. Seeing even their entire seeing love, it. for me, seeing their entire love story changed my perspective on them. And like Justin was it for Adrian. Nobody, there was never going to be anybody but Justin for Adrian. But I just, I get Bonnie Mickey flashbacks and I hated Bonnie and Mickey. Bonnie and Mickey was horrifying. And I just, I don't love this. See, for me, Justin and Adrian together just made a very blah couple. Um, Adrian became a busybody and Justin was just a workaholic lawyer. Now I'm seeing Bonnie it is really showcasing Judy's acting ability. You know, she's spunky and she's fun, but also it brings out the wit and funness of Justin again. So I really yeah, like no, it. that's true. I just I, I don't if know. You, okay, I don't think love about it. it like this: Had you never seen Bonnie and Mickey, would you have enjoyed this coupling of Justin and Bonnie? I'm not sure, honestly. So that's what I'm saying. So you seeing Mickey and Bonnie kind of ruined it already for you. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, cause I can't, especially since they started it out with the cowboy hat, all it was missing, all it was missing was some bedazzled rhinestones and it would have been, it would have been 2003 story. all over mm-hmm. again. And I was just like, no hard pass. All we were missing was her little dog, Max. But yes, um, I feel like Bonnie and Justin really even each other out. So it's good to see. I just wish they get these damn. Bonnie is also a character that works well in small doses. Mm. I can't really take her much long term. I mean, I can see Because there's that. some stuff that she's done that's been cr- like nothing this week. Like this week, she was she was uh, uh, revolving accents aside, she was watchable. Mm-hmm. I haven't always been able to say that. And I will agree with you, like you said earlier, the Bonnie-Lonnie scene and Lonnie trying to like get her to really focus and see, it made complete... I felt that scene. It was a really good scene. Now, how did you feel about the whole her sketching Valerie thing? Quite honestly... They should have got a better sketch artist because even still, I saw <laughs> Dr. Rayner. 
I saw Dr. Rayner too, but I, I kind of like that, like, in Bonnie's nerves, she kind of saw, like, sketched the last person that she saw. Like, because that feels very real. Mm-hmm. But at the, at the same time, when Eli brought out the uh, sketch, and when he turned around, I was like, that does look like Dr. Rayner. So I was like, why is he bringing Val into the equation? Are they the only two Black women in Salem? So... <laughs> So I don't know. I was very, I wouldn't say confused and it made sense. Reflected, maybe? Not even that. It was just like, I was just looking at it like this. Dr. Rayner and Val. That's the only thing that brought that came out to me. They do kind of resemble each other when you think about it. Because yeah, no, especially with especially with the similar hairstyles too. That's what's what got Bonnie. I truly believe that's what got Bonnie because they have yeah. a similar hairstyle. But I will say I like that Valerie recognized Dr. Rayner because Valerie was an employee at the hospital. And I loved that they played the beat that that Lonnie recognized her from her first pregnancy. Yes, I love that part. I but wasn't I, expecting that beat to be played. I figured Lonnie would have recognized her because of all the baby switch stuff. But apparently the baby switch stuff was never actually reported no, for an actual it, it crime, which... I mean, that is bullshit in and of itself, which we'll discuss in a minute. But having said that, I did. Wait, I want to go back really fast. On you saying that um, Bonnie isn't like a watchable character for you. I feel like if they write her a certain way, she could become a watchable character. I think if they write her less sticky and more genuine. Yes. Less of her and Jennifer in Julie's place flirting with those guys and more of a genuine heartfelt emotion. Well, no, I like that little scene with Jennifer. And oh, Mark. I hated that. It made me, it was cringy. Because it makes her a fun character, but I want her to be a fun heroine. We haven't had a fun heroine in a minute. You know what I mean? Make her. Also, a- can she like do something? thing like i mean bonnie when she was around the first time she had the christmas tree lot she had alice's like there were ways that she interacted with other characters that were she was also a cleaning lady like it there were ways she interacted with other characters that were organic now it just feels like they're shoehorning her in just to give judy something to do exactly and it just it doesn't it doesn't play well for me and that's what i was basically trying to say give her something to do hire her as a bartender at julie's place or Um, even if like she decides that she wants to i don't know restaurant run a restaurant or maybe she wants to go to maybe she went to cosmetology school at one point and she wants to open a, a hair salon or a nail salon or something or she starts working as justin's secretary give her something that organically or moves her because into she wrote the story. a book why doesn't she do an advice column for the spectator oh perfect my thing is write her into something that's organic and puts her on screen stop putting her in these stories or putting her in these scenes just for comic relief yeah and- it, it doesn't work like maybe you know like i said she's writing an advice column in the Salem Spectator or 
you know, just something because it just, it doesn't, it's not really working. It, it, it kind of worked for me this week because we actually got to see the real Bonnie. Like she genuinely wanted to help. And you could tell she's genuinely trying to change for the better. You know, when she first came on and she was saying that nobody really believed it. Now it's showing. Now actually do something with the character, you know? Yeah. But go ahead. Because quite honestly, Judy Evans has had a hell of a year. I was convinced we weren't going to see her post-COVID because of everything she's gone through. So I'm thrilled that she's on my screen in that sense because I'm happy to know that Judy's okay. And she and she came back ready to work. So give her something to bite her teeth into. And I'm not saying give her no BS storylines like you did when she was Adrian. The last good storyline Adrian had I would have to say is when she started having her affair with Lucas and, you know, which led to a wedding and all that stuff happening between the Bonnie Adrian switch. That was the last time y'all gave her. Yeah, I did. I did enjoy the Bonnie Adrian switch and and the Adrian Justin prison reunion is kind of one of my favorite scenes from Ron's tenure. Like give her something to work with and you, you can take Bonnie's character far. Could you imagine if they brought her youngest son to town, Connor? We need it. (laughs) First of all, first of all, we need guys that Allie and Claire can actually date because they're related to the entire town. How old would Connor be? Connor was 10 or 11 in 2007. Okay, so he should be. So, you know, he, he, it, it could, it could work. Uh, I was kind of thinking of bringing Patrick back as well. Well, he's in jail, but yeah, we could get him out of jail. Uh, when does jail stop anybody? That's true. But I mean, having a, a younger kid for Bonnie, like making her a mom kind of might. Yeah, exactly. And um, it would be a great, rede- another good scene to show the redemption and change in Bonnie, mainly because you bring back a child and he's going through something and this down the third, we can see Bonnie trying to redeem herself for how terrible she was with Patrick and Mimi. Exactly. But anyways, enough about them. I'm just hoping we get a really good, I feel like it's coming. Eventually we see, we're seeing little tidbits here and there, but I hope we really get some good Judy and Justin stories. I hope so. Now, I w- I do want to switch to the uh, Dr. Rayner aspect of the kidnapping and the reveal of Yvonne. Did you scream? Because I know I said earlier I screamed when you saw him. I wouldn't say I screamed, but I gasped because I literally yelled his because my mom and I were watching the episode live because mm-hmm. uh, I take my lunch when day starts and my mom's been home this week. So we've been watching days live every day and she she opened the door and it shows Yvonne. I screamed his name and my mom looked at me and she goes, why didn't you tell me he was back? I was like, because I forgot. Or I didn't know. I forget which one I said. But I was so shocked and I was watching the scenes and I'm like, wait, is he doing this on his own? Because there were some of the things he was saying where I was like, I was trying to figure out if he was trying to uh, like avenge Vivian and like Vivian had no idea and he was doing this to kind of surprise his madame. But then the scene at the end where he called her, I was like, okay, so Vivian is in on this. 
Well, I kind of figured that my idea was we were going to open the door and we were going to see like a day player bodyguard take the babies away and that would be the end of it. So when she opened the door and we saw Yvonne, I was like, well, I'll be damned. This was a shock because I was like, I haven't seen the spoilers. So, of course, I wasn't expecting Yvonne to come. And I think he was listed in the guest in the guest credits um, on Jason 47's Facebook page, but I hadn't had a chance to check in on there this week, so I had missed it. It was a nice surprise. Um, I'm really looking forward to that aspect of the story. I want to see what Vivian is planning. <laughs> and I'm really intrigued to see Yvonne with Linda Dano's Vivian. Yes. I'm intrigued to see Linda Dano, period. Well, true, that too. But I wasn't expecting to get Yvonne with this Vivian uh, because we didn't get Yvonne with the last recast Vivian. So I just, it didn't even dawn on me. I just find it mighty funny how I asked last week. So is Yvonne coming back? And then poof. Oh my God, you did. Was it last week or the week before? I remember you did ask. It was one of those weeks. God, we've been doing this for a while now, haven't we? I know. But but you did bring it up. That is true. I, I want to know how exactly. Well, he kind of touched on it because he knew the news about Dr. Rainer. But it's like, I wonder what exactly he blackmailed her with. Taking her to the cops. But he said it straight out. If she didn't help him. He was going to turn her in for her role in the baby switch because nobody ever reported the baby switch. God only knows why, but nobody actually reported that the babies were switched and no charges but, were filed on anybody. But at Xander, the same, Victor, or Dr. Rain. But at the same time, it's kind of like everyone in Salem knows. The only, I think I'm too logical in it, but the only jurisdiction that she could be tried in is Salem. Yeah, but also if she they, could lose her medical license. Okay, now that makes sense. But I was about to say, if everyone in Salem already knows, are they really going to press that charge? Yeah, but she could also lose her medical license. So Yvonne's kind of got her over a barrel. It's a thin one, but it, it's there. Yeah, I guess. But we'll be tuning in. I feel like that's going to be a big thing next week. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be a big thing next week. I mean, as I saw the kidnapping, thing. period. Do we even get much of the kidnapping next week? I, again, I haven't checked the spoilers. I'm trying to stay focused um, right now. I don't think we do. I could be wrong, though. I feel like it's going to be a chat. Like, it's going to be a very Allie, like, it's going to be a very Allie, Charlie, Gabby's like return, Gwen-focused week. I'm not sure... I feel like Ariad is going to kill us for not knowing. <laughs> yeah, I know. When she listens back, she's going to be screaming at us in the DM. Yes, they're on. And I'm like, I don't, because I honestly, because they weren't even in the extended promo at all. Exactly. But, so I do, I'm not sure. I'm sure Ariad will let us know. <laughs> Hi, Ariad. <laughs> we miss but, you. Um, um. Also, I would like to ask you this. Okay. Now, you know, I'm a huge Shane and Kim fan. So am I. So you remember when Andrew Donovan II was kidnapped from the hospital. Yes. And Kim was not reunited with him. 
for another for an year. entire year. Mm-hmm. Would you like for this kidnapping to be long term? No. Even though we know it isn't, but absolutely not. We don't have the time to tell stories that long anymore. Um, I actually got into a, a, a Twitter discussion about this a couple of weeks ago, and I might have mentioned parts of it here. Um, I don't think that year-long stories are worth it. Some of them are, but most of them aren't. I think a maximum this story should go is maybe three to six months. You make a good point because I'm thinking of it now. This Gwen storyline, had it lasted a year, would not have been great. I mean, because look look at previous year-long stories. Okay, you had you had Carl, like this is going back back in the early 90s, back when everybody says that, that the soaps were good and they were. But this this is the standard that every, you know, people always say they never tell stories the way they used to. And my argument is, should they? Because sometimes they weren't that good. Look at Carly and, and looking for her son. That story dragged for an entire year and went nowhere mm-hmm. for months. Same thing with Austin and Carrie's first breakup when Roman forced her to leave Austin after the acid throw. That was they a were year? broken up. That was an entire year. Ugh. They did not get back together until January of 94. And they broke up in like February of 93. So that was basically a year. And six months of it went nowhere because he found out about the blackmail in July of 93. And still for another six months, they did not get back together. I just feel like this kidnapping story would be good long term. But I see your point. We don't have the time for a year long story, but how about a six month story? I say three to six months. We already know that this is at least going to go into March because Jackie Harry's character is going to somehow tie into this. Yes. So do you this think that's long be- enough though? Uh depending on where it goes possibly now ooh, 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 ooh. what if huh what if vivian is going to try to sell these babies on the black market and paulina ends up raising them Hmm. because you remember when kim was when when andrew was kidnapped he actually was in salem for like three to six months being raised by another uh, being raised I forget the character name but he was played by uh, Robert S. Woods I remember yes um, and it, it got ridiculous to me because like Kim never actually saw her kid for I the longest find, time I, I hate to say this but that's definitely not going to happen because remember in Friday's scene Dr. Rayner asked Yvonne are you going to sell these babies on the black market? Oh, that's I true. Said, no. That would make great story and a great throwback to history. But it's not going to happen. It, I guess we'll just have to watch and see. So what do we think Vivian's plan is then? I mean, she's like, what, 70, 80 years old? Do we actually picture her raising babies? Well, well come on. Even back in the 90s, she wasn't going to play, <laughs> wasn't going to raise Philip. 
Well, Damn, no, Nana but she. That, dear. No, no, but she did want to. I mean, she did raise little Nikki Alamein, but I mean, do, do we? Uh, I'm just trying to figure out what her end game is. Besides, I mean, obviously, it's to torture Lonnie, which makes complete sense. And I have no issue with that. I'm just trying to figure out what she's actually going to do with the twins. Well, I look at it like this. I, I see it as you took my son, so I'm going to take your son. And your daughter is an added bonus. It gives me a chance to raise the twins that I... Yeah, I, I feel like the motivation is I didn't get to raise my boys like my twins, so I'm going to take yours. That's how I look at it. But I just, I don't know. I'm just, I'm picturing Vivian raising babies and it's just an image that doesn't compute. I see Vivian hiring nannies and making Yvonne take care of the twins. It's going to be interesting to see where this story goes. I can't, Yvonne, darling, I'm getting a facial. Could you please go feed the babies? Oh my God. Could you imagine? Like, I cannot wait to see Linda Dano on our screens. I'm so excited. I am too, but it's time to move on to the next story. The Demeridonce is over, y'all. Oh, crap. this was so good. Abigail desperately wants Gwen out of the mansion and visits Jack and Jennifer until she does. Meanwhile, Chad confesses of his slip up to Kate, and Kate, surprisingly, convinces him to tell the truth. Lastly, Gwen, Abigail comes home and Gwen confesses to sleeping with Chad and it leads to the most epic confrontation we have seen on days in a minute. Marcy Miller <sighs> is every damn thing. She was amazing. Marcy Miller is my Abigail now. Oh yeah. <laughs> Fine seal delivered she's ours. I just, I mean, yes. All the way. And I like I loved Kate and I liked Marcy. Marcy was kind of always the more mature Abby to me. And she was always she always kind of represented the perfect mix of her parents to me. Mm-hmm. But now, like I liked her before. I love her now. Like, oh my God. Okay. I want to point out on the confrontation swing scenes between Gwen and Abby. I don't know who. In the writer's room, has been watching Dynasty reruns. But this was Dynasty. This was not, let me explain. The blonde, angelic Abigail represents Crystal. And the spunky British brunette is Alexis Carrington Colby, AKA Gwen. And I also like to point out, looked at it this way. A lot of people says, like we're saying that Abigail won that fight in confrontation, but she won it with hands. When it comes to witty barbs and dialogue, that Gwen, was all Gwen. Gwen was hitting her with the punches left, right. And it reminded me of old school. If you've never seen Dynasty, I definitely recommend it for one. It's on Amazon Prime, get into it. But it was very old school Alexis Crystal vibes. You know, back then, Joan Collins had all the witty barbs and she could cut you with her tongue, whereas Crystal Carrington, AKA Linda Evans, she had the hand. So she was always the first to go to for a slap. 
And I really enjoyed it. It gave me old Dynasty vibes, two women arguing in a mansion and the leaves was slapped. It was very old, so. It was so good. And can I just say, I'm enjoying Gwen a lot more now that she is embracing her villainy. Yes. Like, literally, the facade came off and she just basically said, yeah, I'm that bitch and I'm trying to wreck your life, but I'm not going to tell you why. But yes, I'm trying to destroy you and I've been here for it ever since. I'm here for we're actually getting closer and closer to knowing why she's doing this. So it was... Yeah. The story is getting good. It's getting very good. I don't think the full reason is going to be out next week i think the secret that might get exposed well okay i think it is gonna come out partially but i think the big secret that gwen is gonna reveal is gonna be that she drugged abigail i hope not because no because i'll ralph tells chad what gwen's secret is that's coming up but I'm trying to figure out how he gets there. And the only way I can see him going there to confront him about Gwen is if he knows that Gwen drugged Abby and got the drug from him. Well, I mean, go ahead. My thing is her reasoning and her motives need to come out now before they- Oh, I think it is. It's just not coming from Gwen. Rolf is going to tell Chad Gwen's Gwen's story on Mm -hmm. Thursday of next week I think but I don't I don't think the secret we're going to get is we're going to I don't think we're going to get Gwen's motivations from Gwen I think we're going to get it as Chad hears it I'm just hoping we get it period because if it, this goes any longer, my interest is out the window. I'm going to be done with it. And so, my interest is, is reawakening now because I was right there with you. But yeah, honestly... It's reawakening, don't get me wrong. But if I go another week without knowing why she's doing this, I'm eventually just going to stop caring completely. And I loved the Chad Abbey confrontation too. Well, first uh, I, I love... I love the scenes with Abby and her parents and trying to piece it all together. And first of all, Jack was all of us. When he said he bought that, (laughs) I was dying. Like, they are the perfect Devereaux family unit. And I am a happy, happy little fangirl. First off, J&J 4.0. For the world. It's, I mean, I just smile and am happy. And look, it doesn't, it really doesn't take much to put me in my fangirl happy place. It really doesn't. But this, it's more perfect than I ever could have imagined. And I just love it. I love seeing them as a family unit. I love seeing Abigail strong. I was just about to get to that. Because, you know, they write Marcy Miller as the strong, unstable Abigail. But now we're seeing she ain't going nowhere. She is not crazy. She's got to all. Like, and she just wants to throw the bitch out of her house. And I'm here. <laughs> and she for won't it. leave. <laughs> but as for like J and J 4.0, Katie McClain and Matthew Ashford have 
Kim is street. They undeniable. do. It's, it's undeniable so good. Now. Like, and it's it's the little things. Like, there was a moment um, when they were talking to Abigail that she just kind of leaned back and like leaned into Jack. Mm-hmm. And I was swooning so hard. No, I, to me, the end where um, Abigail's getting oh, ready after, to leave well, and they Abigail try to go left, with they her. They looked at each other. Yes. I, I have expected them to like wait five seconds and then follow out behind her. They looked at each other and like Jack was like, I don't like what's going to happen. She said she me looked, either. And she kind of leans back into him and she he grabs her shoulder. It's Kate McLean on contract. I would keep her for good. I hope so. I mean, she's replacing a contract character, so I'm assuming there's a contract involved, but I don't know. I'm hoping we get her until Jennifer Horton Devereaux is done. I mean, honestly, meaning I want no, her to grow old into the role. You want you want her you want her to stick around permanently, and I, I kind of think I do too, because I think honestly that realistically, I don't see Missy Reeves being open to traveling back and forth as long I, as the COVID numbers in LA are. Quite wild. honestly, after everything that happened over the summer. I don't think she wants to come back at this point because she knows. I, she, I, I wouldn't doubt it either because they're like. She knows she's pissed a lot of people. Yeah. Days and is a very, yeah. Days is a very liberal cast. I would venture to say one of the more liberal. Yes, I would say that. It's, a, it's neck and neck between them and the bold and the beautiful. Yeah, I, I don't follow uh, the CBS actors close enough to know what their political leanings are, but I will say that Days is definitely the, mo- the definitely the most liberal of the two that I watch. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, I could see that she wouldn't necessarily want to be back back in an environment where no, she knows she won't necessarily her, be welcomed. Exactly. She's shown her hand and that everybody's Everybody knows the type of person she is. So her coming back is probably gonna be a no-go. I mean, I do I do love Matt and Missy's chemistry. I always will. They will always be my ideal. Jack and Jennifer, I'm not going to lie. But Katie, if we were gonna have a recast, which we are, Katie is perfect. I wouldn't mind seeing her grow old as Jennifer Horton Devereaux. Because now she's my Jennifer Rose. I know y'all sitting and argue about who's your Abigail, but she's my Jennifer Rose. And that's all that matters now. Um, But I just loved everything about Abigail this week. And going into the Abby... um, the Abby Gwen thing there we had, I don't know, were you a part of this debate on Twitter on whether or not Abby should have believed Gwen so quickly? At this point, I wasn't a part of this debate, but I could honestly say she should have just believed her all real because quite honestly, 
I, I was feeling that Abigail was a little stupid and naive to believe in the first place that they didn't have sex. See, I don't think so. And I'll, I'm going to, ex- I mean, and, I, and I get I, having I, faith in your husband, but come on. It's but here's only- the thing, though. It wasn't until she heard what Chad actually thought that changed her mind. That was the trigger. And I think that was the moment she knew for sure that Gwen was telling the truth. Yes. When she thought that Chad still had faith in her and still believed in her, she never would have thought that she never would believe in a million years that the man who believed in her would cheat on her. Knowing that that man is not currently who her husband is made it very easy for her to believe him, her. Because you could see on her face as Gwen was saying the things that Chad told Gwen that night. And you could see that it was registering that it was true because you could see in her face, even though they didn't show any flashbacks, I could picture Abigail in her mind going over all of the weird interactions that she has had with Chad in the last few weeks, interactions that she has made mention of with her parents. She said that, Chad has been very cold and distant to her. She didn't understand how they got to the point where they are now. And hearing Gwen say the things that Chad said to her about her made all of Chad's behavior make sense. So it wasn't so much that she was believing Gwen. To me, it was that it, she was finally seeing what the issues between them actually are. Mm-hmm. Does that make any sense? Yes, it does, but to me personally, I feel as if she should have known, had a clue already. I mean, it's one thing to believe your husband, and she went off of that. I give her that. But me personally, I would, I, my mind would have been churning. Okay, one but thing. Mine was thinks, churning, I'm, and she just chose to believe her husband. Yes, and I understand that. But at the same time, that's how I looked at it. She knew it wasn't that far off that it could have happened because. Her mind should have been like, okay, he believed I was cheating on him. He got drunk. They spent the night together. What else could have happened? So I'm kind of glad she believed it that quickly. Because if she just would have went off of, I don't believe you, I don't believe you, I would be like, God, you're kind of dumb. <laughs> yeah, but also, like, her anger and her, I can't believe that you would do this. It's kind of, I think, what motivated her to slap her. First off, when Chad walked into the room oh, and they had that big confrontation and he was like, you told her. And she was like, what other choice did you give me, Chad? <laughs> and Look, Gwen practically the- skipped out of that room. And then Abigail and Chad go into this whole confrontation. Old school soap. It was gold to me. Very <sighs> great scenes. I'm kind of mad they didn't continue with this for Friday's episode. That's how good it was. I will say this. Marcy was amazing. Billy, choices were made. You, you talking about the little um, hand gestures he was doing at the Hand gestures, <laughs> the face, the... Cr- the sound, like it just, usually he's a better crier than that. And I, maybe it's because I'm so disconnected from Chad, but Billy's acting was not it for me it in wasn't, those scenes. 
it wasn't as bad as how I felt last week about Sal's acting choices, but I will say I completely understand what you mean because when he did, I was like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> and I was trying not to laugh, but... I, like, I was, I was team Abigail, like, and when she said it's not even about the affair, it's about the fact that you don't trust me. I'm I'm prepared. I'm ready to see what Abigail does now as a character. Well, we know what she's going to do. Well, immediately, because we saw that in the extended promo. Yeah, she was back her bad. like, it's not right, but it's okay. Oh, I love that song. <laughs> I feel like we're going to be naming all of our podcast episodes after songs now because <laughs> this is the second time the song <laughs> But I, I'm really excited to see where the character of Abigail goes forward as because I feel like she's definitely about to divorce him now and I also want to say like I felt heard and seen in that confrontation because Abigail was saying the things that I've been saying on Twitter for weeks since the Gwen Chad spoiler dropped and there was the potential of them sleeping together, I said that it wasn't ever going to be about the cheating or it shouldn't be about the cheating. It was always going to be about his lack of faith in her. And she said exactly that. You believed Gabby, you believed Gwen. The issue is you don't trust me and that is our problem. You promised me we were never going to be here again and here we are. And after the last time, this is a bigger betrayal. So at this point, it's, yeah, it's a so way Abigail bigger betrayal. Like, <laughs> Abigail should feel like, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. And be done. And, with and also, too, like, Gwen didn't even have to do that much. Like, in comparison, if you think of everything that Gabby had Gabby to go had through. To do, exactly. Gabby had to knock herself unconscious before Chad was completely on board. And, and then here's the thing. Like I said, like I tweeted, I didn't say on the podcast, while Chad was drunk, all Gwen had to say was, what do you need me to do? And Chad was basically like, open your legs. Like, it was not a hard thing for him to do. He did not feel conflicted. No, he was the aggressor at every turn. Exactly. And, he just hopped in and the that's bed. why there are some people who are saying that like Gwen took advantage of, of Chad. And I'm like, no, you can't watch those scenes and say that because he was the aggressor at every turn. Like like Gwen said, no, let's not do this. And he kept egging it on. So to me, I look at it like this. You were looking for an excuse to hop in the bed with somebody at that point. Yeah. It quite honestly, um, let's say Lonnie. It could have been Lonnie and he would have hopped in the bed. He was looking to sleep with somebody else to get back at. Yeah, he he was he was look he was looking to destroy his his life, and it could have been anybody in that room with Gwen, or in place of Gwen, I should say. Exactly. So I'm excited for next week to see how that goes. That was the last big storyline of the week. So now we're no, it, uh, the little thing. Oh, did you put? Oh, I you put, put it under the little thing because let's okay. be honest, it wasn't really. No, I mean it, it was set up for what's coming. So yeah. Yes. But it was a little thing. Um, Chloe convinces Brady to help Philip with the mob problem. And it leads to them getting closer than they already have been getting. And Xander reveals that he knows what Philip has done. I don't really care for this mob story. 
this money laundering thing, but it's getting, it's picking up. My feelings on it has changed a little bit. I'm excited to see where it's going. Um, I'm glad it's a catalyst for Broly because those things Friday were oh, really I was all in my feels. Um, I was so happy with those scenes because I've wanted a conversation like that for 13 years. But here, yes. Oh my God. It it basically showed me that Brady regrets everything that happened during that marriage. And he kind of mm-hmm. he kind of wishes he hadn't screwed up. Yeah. That's how it came out to me. But I, I, yeah, me too. After that conversation, I have it in my notes. I put to hell with Philip and Chloe. <laughs> Put Brady and Chloe together. <laughs> I'm, I'm still team both. I haven't firmly decided where I am planting my flag, but I was very happy with the Brady and Chloe scenes and they were color coordinated, oh. which is my weakness. I also put in my notes, what is Molly Bar- Burnett doing? We can have her come. <laughs> no, 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 no. She's very busy, I think, on Queen of the South or something. Oh, she's she has not a show. She ain't leaving. We can recast um, what's that girl name? Damn. Melanie. Melanie. We can recast her. We don't we don't need Melanie. We don't need Melanie. I'm sorry, we don't need Melanie. Or we could put Philip with Ava. We can do something, but to, to me, honestly, Philip and Chloe, they will always have chemistry. But at this point, how many times is Philip going to screw it up? Because quite honestly, Philip hasn't Philip, screwed anything up with Chloe though. But Philip no, is being upfront with her. But they could have been something, and then the whole Mimi aspect over the last blast reunion. I mean, because, yeah, but that was more so out of fear than anything. I un- I understood that, but um, I'm interested to see where that story goes, particularly next week. Um. If not not next week, uh, the week after, knowing what's coming, uh, I'm I'm very intrigued, and I do think that the scene with Brady and Chloe in the extended promo that we saw, yes, um, I feel because, like it's gonna give us a bunch of sparks. Uh, well, it's gonna be the catalyst to something because I don't know if you saw this, but Brady's about to get shot. I've heard murmurings on it, but I didn't really see a lot on it. So what I'm picking, yeah. So, and this is going to tie into the Xander thing. It's fuck Xander forever for me right now. If Xander doesn't pay dearly for what is about to happen, like he is on my permanent shit list because what he did in dissolving the shell company uh, that Philip was laundering the money through is what brings the mob to Salem and is what is going to get Brady shot. Uh, I'm getting real tired of them making Xander an accidental idiot. <laughs> no, 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 no. This, this was an accidental idiocy. He did this shit on purpose and you could see it but in he, the scenes with Philip. I mean, yes, he Friday. did it on purpose, but he had no clue that the mob was involved. Yes, he did. He knew. He knew as, it was no, Ava. That's all as, he need- as in, they would have killed Philip because he knew you and know the, good and well. And the minute he found out when Philip left that room, did you not catch the smirk on his face? 
No, I didn't. He literally go back and watch the the last scene they had on Friday. As he's leaving, you literally hear see him smirking at the idea that Philip is going to die because of what he did. Okay, so if that's the case, this story is about to heat up because once Victor finds out, all hell's but oh, going to break loose for Xander. Victor, John, Kristen, Xander has already not paid for a multitude of sins. He didn't pay anything having to do with the, the baby switch. He never paid for shooting Marlena. This is the second time. It's going to Brady... ruin him and Sarah as well. He's yeah. not going to have anybody left at this point, especially after, because you know, Brady and Sarah are really good friends at this point. And this is the second time that Brady will have gotten shot because of Xander. See, now it's not a little thing anymore. It's going <laughs> to lead you on to a big, bad story. And, I cannot and considering what Kristen's reaction is going to be, because she's going to, she does not take the news that Brady got shot very well at all. Like, I think Tony is visiting her at the time she finds out, and she's going to take Tony hostage in the prison. And also blame Chloe for this predicament. So I don't know if maybe Brady ends up jumping in front of a bullet that's meant for Chloe because the mob guys are going after Chloe. Or if they assume that Brady is Philip and shoot him by mistake. But it's about to get very interesting. I'm, I'm ready. I'm just, I'm sitting here thinking... I wish they wouldn't have put Kristen in jail. I wish it would have. See, I'm glad that she's in jail, and I'll tell you why. But I'm I'm looking at it from this standpoint. I wish she would have went on the run again by herself and then start hearing all these tidbits and then come back Mm -hmm. to Salem and start raising hell. Was nope. Chloe. This the only way to get crazy Kristen back is to have Kristen basically in a cage in captivity, unable to do anything for the man that she loves. That's going to make her snap quicker than anything. If she could just freely come back to Salem, all she would do is weep and cry. No, but I'm saying she doesn't come back until after Brady is shot. That's so, my point, though. All she would do is cry by his bedside. The fact that no, she no, can't no, no, get... no. Let, let me get to that. I'm saying as as she comes back, yeah, she cries a little bit, but then she goes after Xander when she figure out. No, she goes after Chloe first because she saw that picture online. They can do a flashback of that. She saw that picture online. She goes after Chloe, and with that confrontation with Chloe, she finds out all the things that happened with the mob and everything. So then she goes after Philip. And Xander, because you feel like it's both of their fault. See, in a perfect world, that would make great sense. However, we don't live there. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that is not what Days would do if Kristen was free. If Kristen was free, she would literally be weeping at Brady's bedside. Keeping her locked up and away from Brady is the only way I can picture crazy Kristen coming to the surface with the way that they have written her currently. Hmm. I mean, yeah, it makes sense, but 
I just wish they didn't write her into the corner with jail. I mean, now we know that they can write it out of, but going into it, it was looking like, well, damn, what was she gonna, what is she gonna do? She's in jail. Yeah, but and honestly, then, then again, I, I it's think, not gonna be a long term because even when she escapes, she's gonna have to go right back. I think putting her in jail was their way of kind of reawakening the Kristen that we want to see. Mm-hmm. Because as long as she's free and she gets to be happy with Brady, we're never gonna get the crazy Kristen back. But at the same time, it kind of writes them into a creative corner because that's going to be a short-term thing. If she gets caught again, if she's rubbing around Stacey's Salem, on contract, so you know that they're going to find a way out. Hopefully, but I'm looking at it as she's going to have to go back to jail eventually. Or she's... I, there, there's going to be something or she's... She's going to manipulate her way out. She's going to blackmail her way out. She's once, I think once crazy Kristen is awoken or awakened, however you want to put that, um, it's going to be a lot harder to to tame her. True, but I'm still, again, I like to look long-term with these stories. Yeah, it's going to be great to have crazy Kristen back, but she's going to eventually get seen or caught by someone and what are they going to throw her back in jail? But I think Crazy Kristen is going to leverage her way out so that she doesn't have to sneak around. That's the point. Hmm. You're thinking she breaks out and has to hide. I'm thinking she leverages out and remembers that she's a Demera. We'll see. I'm looking forward to that now. I'm, I'm, this story is really picking up, which is first for me because I never like really went into a story hating it and then actually liking it. Well I told you that it was going to be shifting in the next couple of weeks. You did. But that's all for this week folks. It was miss a day's miss a lot like I said. Um, It was a very good week. I'm excited to see what we go into. But now it's time for the good, the bad and the ugly. My good would have to be the Abigail, Gwen, and Chad confrontation scenes. The bad, I would have to say um, the Claire, John, and Marlena scenes. Not for bad acting or a bad story. It was just, I didn't like the whole Claire not trusting John and Marlena. Be like, I don't believe you. Why are you telling me this? Why are you saying this type thing? And for me, the ugly would have to be the scene where Julie attempts to help Elani. Um, they came off bad, racially toned, belt, and it just it ruins the character of Julie for me. Tony, uh, my good was the Belle and Claire scenes on Friday. Um, I think those were the kind of scenes that Belle and Claire really needed. A lot of Belle and Claire, since Belle has been back on this stint, has been very adversarial, even with um, Olivia and even especially with Isabel. It's always been more of them fighting and Claire not listening when Belle would talk. Mm-hmm. On Friday, you actually kind of saw them having a genuine conversation you saw the thought process you could actually see her being a methodical thinker like her mother like it i just loved the whole feel 
of that scene, the fact that it was set in her bedroom and it was just very real and very realistic. I enjoyed that a lot. The bad for me uh, was Steve Johnson. Yes. Uh, all things Steve Johnson. Um, I just go away. Get off my screen. Goodbye. And the ugly, there wasn't really anything super, super ugly for me. So I kind of went the superficial route. Um, whoever decided that it was a good idea to put a shard of glass in Kate's hair needs to be fired. Um, it was distracting as hell. I'll see. This is where we're different, Tony. I was looking at the fire. <laughs> I, I mean, her, her wacky, crazy outfits, I, they don't... Um, well, wait a minute, that was a good outfit. Hold on now, Tony. No, it was a good outfit, but like her outfits don't really register much for me because like she always wears things that are off center. Mm-hmm. So unless it's like hideous and like looks like she went, went dumpster diving in a bargain basement estate sale, uh, I don't really pay attention to it. But her hair... Because um, Kate was dressing down this week. She was looking good. Yeah, I always notice her hair because I always notice the blue streak. So my eye always goes to I the wish blue in her hair. I wish she stopped doing that. I wish Lauren Costa would stop doing that. But that I think started as like a, a, a cancer support thing. I'm not sure, and she just kind of kept it. And I don't mind it. But once I saw the blue in her hair, then my eye kind of traveled to the glass shard sticking out of her ponytail. Or at least that's what it looked like to me. And I just, it was like literally an eyesore for the rest of the scene. And I couldn't focus on anything that was, that was happening. Mm, excuse okay. me. Okay. <clears throat> now, I tested you guys this since you brought up Kate. I tried not to bring her up because, you know, I didn't brought her up two <laughs> episodes now. But that little kiss between Jake and Kate, the little forehead kiss had me swooning. I loved it it was so it's very for the first time in a long time kate looked vulnerable and i love that that didn't <laughs> register to me i was like yeah okay whatever it, it, the look he gave chad and then the look he gave her and the little kiss on the forehead it gave me oh, you let me know if he gives you any trouble huh <laughs> and it just really registered with me i loved it but now we are on to the good, not the good, the bad, and the ugly. You're we watching just finished it that. wrong. <laughs> oh, Lord. You're, you're watching it wrong. You're watching <sighs> it wrong. You're watching it wrong. You're watching it wrong. Um, My, you're watching it wrong goes out to this special tweeter. I'm not going to put your name out there because you were dragged enough. Plus, you blocked me, so I can't, you know, drag you the way I want to drag you. But the tweet states, Allie is one of the most chill rape victims I've seen on a soap in a long, in a while. Oh, I wanted to slap that person. That was the most disgusting affair I have ever seen in today's tag. Why would you say something like that? A woman at that, why would a woman say that towards another woman character? It's, I, second, I got nothing. Second off, what the hell are you watching? Because I did not see a chill thing at all. 
No, I see a person. I saw a woman frantically trying to figure out what was going on with her. Now, granted, she wasn't screaming, yelling, and kicking. And you know what it is? They don't understand subtle and nuance, this person. They are so basic that they cannot comprehend compli- complicated, nuanced performances. So if it is not blaringly loud, flashing like a neon sign in front of their face, it's not happening. I, I just don't get it. It seems like one moment you're mad because Lonnie is crying and not being a police officer when her babies were just kidnapped. And then the Which, by the way, I loved the multitasking that she did. She met Lonnie managed to cry and be a functioning detective. So fuck all of you for saying that. And then the next Sweet. moment you're saying Allie is a chill wreck victim. Why isn't she crying? Why isn't she doing this? What do you want from these people? At this point, you're complaining to complain because your faves aren't on the screen. And I'm getting real sick of that. Which brings me to my watching it wrong, which is going to be a public service announcement to certain factions of the Stephen Kayla fan base. Most, not certain, most. I'm friends with a few sane ones, so that's why I'm not... That's what I'm saying, uh, most. It's not all, but it's most of them. Listen, all roads do not, have not, and never will lead to Stephen Earl Johnson. This show has existed for 55 years. And he was gone for 16. Exactly. So stop trying to make everything about him. There was an actual argument in Soap Twitter this week about the fact that Steve Johnson wasn't the only character wearing a leather jacket. Okay. That was thing one. I, I can't then, even say anything at this point because that was the most asinine discussion <laughs> I have ever seen in my God-given 23 years of life. I mean, look, I... As if the show I, didn't survive the 80s where everyone was wearing leather jacket right, and, and big hair. And listen, like, I, I had a great time with it because I made it my Twitter name and my Twitter profile picture. Like, it was so absurd and I was petty enough that I made a joke of it and it is currently my Twitter name and profile picture. But that was the first thing. Then you had someone actually upset that Nicole and Ava are friends because Nicole should be upset because of what Ava did to Stephen Kayla. Two people she has barely even spoken to prior to this story kicking well, off. And second off, you're watching it wrong because Nicole addressed that. She's like, I know Ava has done some terrible things. Yeah, but she see, basically said, so have I. And people forgave me, so I should give her that justice. Yeah, but see, they don't watch unless their favorites are on the screen. And then they try to act like they watch, and then they end up talking stupid. Also, to that one Staler fan who has multiple accounts and added me saying that my, um, you know, the podcast is going to eventually fail. Baby, we're publicly (laughs) run and operated. This shit don't end till I say it in this. Exactly. (laughs) But thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. We love you for that. But... (laughs) Go, go get your meds adjusted and go get uh, you know go get your meds adjusted and go get fitted for a new straight jacket. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
I'm sorry, but that tweet really tickled me because it's like, honey, I listen. <laughs> listen, this fool has said some outlandish crap about me, so like, I'm convinced that he's literally getting on Twitter on the download from download from a padded cell. I don't believe it's a man, actually, but we're not even going to go into that. But <laughs> anyways, back to that whole not everything revolves around Steve. It doesn't. It, it, to be honest, be it shouldn't re- revolve around any one character. This show works best when it's an ensemble. Exactly. But if we were going to and this is not me being biased at all. If we were going to make the show revolve around one character, why the hell would it be Steve and not Marlena Evans Black? Exactly. The face she of has... my lives. Listen, she's the, the queen. Carried... Ron Carlovati has said so. She has multiple generations of family currently on screen. She's been on screen. The one who held days on her back from the 80s to the 90s. Exactly. I mean, the one who got fired and thousands of people stopped watching because she wasn't on screen anymore, which isn't which is a bad thing per se. It's very bad. I hate that people did that. But come on. That shows you how much of an impact she has on this show. So why and people if, are big mad about it. If she isn't the center of the show, what the hell makes you think that Steve Johnson is? A character may, who, he may be who the was center presumed of dead for 16, for 16 years. He was presumed dead and nobody gave a care in the world that he was. And He may be the center of their universe. He is not the center of Day's universe, nor should he be. Not even a damn Horton, but we're not even... <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to calm down now. Give us a moment. Cleansing <sighs> breath. <laughs> now uh, to promo talk and final thoughts Tony how do you feel how did you feel about the promo how do you feel what's your final thought give it to us I loved this promo it's the second week in a row that the promo is good and I think material is going to be even better I feel like we should bring back Miss a day's miss a lot yes please because get human ambient off of those promos I feel like if we brought dope if we brought that back, we would be on the upper echelon of promos like we were back in the 90s and early 2000s. I mean, like that promo was so good and there were little bits of different stories. It didn't just focus on one thing. One story, exactly. It, I love the promos that have little bits of everything. I love weeks that have little bits of everything. I may not love episodes that have little bits of everything because I do think that episodes, it's weird. I like weeks that have multiple stories, but I like episodes to kind of focus on one or two stories because I feel like if episodes focus too much on on, on too many things that mm-hmm. we lose focus. But if you look at Tuesday's episode as a prime example of what I'm talking about, everything on Tuesday traveled back to Charlie, whether it be, you know, Allie and the rape and Charlie, all roads led to Charlie and Allie. Which Tuesday. goes to my point, my kind of final thought. I wish they would work on pacing better. If that made sense. Don't get me wrong. It was a good, it was a sort of kind of good balance 
of everything this week. But I felt like everything, like the biggest story was Charlie to a point where we were kind of missing what was going on in other stories. For example, three out of five days this week focused on the Charlie situation, everything revolving that. But on those days, I was kind of thinking, I wonder what's going on with the whole Bonnie, Elani thing. What's going on with Chad and Abigail? I wish, I'm just wishing that the balance of everything worked better. And I know that they're doing the best they can and they're doing amazing work, but I wish we can get back to James E. Riley days where we had time I wonder if it's a COVID thing. That's what That's I'm thinking. Per, like, because it it does seem post-COVID, we've been a little bit more segmented in our episodes and our focus, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I, exactly. I just wish we would get to a good equal balance thing where we're not too focused on, too much focus on one big story and then not getting enough of another big story. Like to me, I feel like, Abby packing her bags could have been included this week instead of having to wait until next week. But I will say that the one thing I didn't like is like we did after Tuesday, we didn't see the Charlotte thing again until Friday because the way that it ended on Tuesday. Exactly. The, the with, balance with is Sh- off. With Sean telling Claire that should have been picked up the next day. Or that should not have aired on Tuesday and that should have aired on Thursday Mm -hmm. leading into, like, they could have just, like, paced it out differently. That's what I'm saying, the pacing. And that was an issue last week because it was so focused on Ava, Charlie, Allie, all that stuff. We saw the twins get kidnapped the Friday before and we didn't hear anything else about that until, like, Thursday or Friday. But technically, that didn't bother me only because the events that happened in between were all on that same night. Yeah, I mean, so yes. Like, when you think of it like that, it makes sense. But when you're not keeping track of, and being you had this discussion last week, knowing the days and the time and everything going on, it you have to know that for everything to yeah. make sense. For the average viewer who doesn't know that, it comes off as uh, like cringeworthy because it seems as if, God, we didn't went two, three days without knowing what's happening and you left a cliffhanger on the story. It's not one of those cliffhangers that should be left that long, if if it makes sense. Right. Right. I just hope they can eventually get this pacing down. But it makes it hard, especially with these people with the contracts and their episode guarantees as well. Don't get me me wrong. I was thinking about this as I was taking my notes. I was like, yeah, it is kind of hard with people's guarantees in this and the third. But at the same time, you can at least make it to where the spacing isn't that glaring to where people notice. 
like for instance. It, it also depends too on if like how they have to do things for COVID. Like mm-hmm. if they're because I feel like they ha- they might have actors in different bubbles and like they have them in on different days. Like I don't know. It just feels it. I feel like that they've been kind of doing the sole focus on certain stories or and this is not me knocking them because they're mm-hmm. doing amazing work. It just no, absolutely one but of my I'm little just, things. I'm just trying to logic my way out of it. I on it because it's happening more post COVID than I've noticed. Noticed before, mm-hmm. so I I feel like it's how that they they are able to safely produce their show and if that's the thing that keeps the show on the air and and keeps us in salem as safely as possible then you know what i can live with it It, it, honestly god knows they're probably not listening but if somebody was to listen to this and this was explained we would completely understand don't get me wrong and this isn't me shitting on them or anything i'm just saying to me, what stood out the most was how, I wouldn't say bad, but how noticeable the spacing is when it didn't yeah. be that way. The, pa- the pacing issues can be glaring, especially if you're invested in a particular and, story. Which is a good thing that we're noticing because we're really into what's going on. We want to know more of what's going on in certain mm-hmm. stories. Exactly. But as for promos talk with me, Miss a day is miss a lot. I know I keep saying that, but this is what it feels like to me. It's picking up. I feel like that should be the phrase for this week's podcast. Yeah, I was thinking it's not right, but it's okay. But hey, no, I not the title, the drink phrase. Oh no, it wasn't the drink phrase. It was Charlie? <laughs> so don't drive if you've been drinking. <laughs> Oh, goodness. But promo was amazing. I'm looking forward to next week, Tony. How about you? Me too. But I don't don't know. I'm actually looking forward to the month down the road. I wish I could jump into the future a little bit and see what's going on. I know. That kind of makes me... I know we were talking about it earlier. We were very happy that the production model is a lot the gap is a lot closer between tape and air now, but part of me also misses the big gap because it left us a bigger opportunity to get story crumbs. Yes. I'm just hoping we see Abigail get a new man within the next few months because I don't think she, I don't think they're going down that road. I'm sorry. I don't. I I think honestly, I think honestly we are going to be going down a road to reunion for Chad and Abby. I think it's, I think, like I said last week, it's going to be they're breaking them down to build them back up and to finally deal with all the issues that they've had over the last three years. Why? Why? And I know I've talked about this. They make me fall in love with a character again, and then they do this backtracking when they shouldn't backtrack. Another example could be Claire. I'm fell in love with Claire again get rid of this singing career why are we going back to what was not working (laughs) abigail i want abigail to be strong and she's being strong by leaving chad why would they go back to her and chad again it's just and don't get me wrong i see the appeal of chad and abigail i'm not shitting on y'all ship i love y'all ship chabby has come a long way i know i've been accused of being you know down on them 
or whatever. I still don't see it for them personally. But I mean, I like them as of who they are. I can respect them. But I don't know. We'll talk about this again next week. It's time to wrap it up. Any last words, Tony? Uh, Thank you for joining in on this crazy, crazy ride. I know we can tend to twist and turn and go all over the map, but we are really having a grand time doing this and we hope you have a grand time listening. I'm going to eventually start a hotline. We're going to pull a Robin Strauss. (laughs) 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 I'm going to start a hotline and let y'all chime in with us. Actually, I've been thinking about this, me and Tony. Well, I haven't told Tony, but we're going to talk about this later. So I'm not going to give it away, but stay tuned, folks. Y'all might just be getting y'all opinions on here very, very soon. Well, that's enough for this week. (laughs) That's enough for this week, folks. Thank y'all for joining, and we will see y'all again. Bye, everybody. (laughs)